One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome. So we got That's correct. Welcome to the box set pod Christmas special. <laughs> As Jamie points out, we got no one. One year since our last Christmas special when none of our regulars turned up because they're all too busy watching Christmas films, drinking mulled wine. Uh, yet again, despite constant pleas from me, nothing. I've been. We've got a little chat thing that we use with each other. And I, for about a week, I've been saying, anybody coming to this special? Anyone? Not, not, not a jot. Bunch of swines. However, we have, we will receive <coughs> a couple of personal messages from uh, a couple of box set pod regulars. Who? Well, first of all, a- Adam did say he could turn up a little bit later, but um, he's got childcare issues, so that's fair enough. At least he responded. Fair um, Mel and Jack have both sent us Christmas messages, which is nice. Um, if you remember last week, I asked everybody to watch a. A very moody Christmas on Netflix, yeah. and I think that's partly what's put people off. They think that because they've not heard of it and it's got Christmas in the title, they think they know what it's going to be. This is an Australian TV series called The Moody's, I think, and this is like six Christmases with The Moody's, and it's brilliant. You need to watch it if you've got Netflix. Get on it. Have you watched it, Jamie? Watched the first one. And what did you think? Do you want me to get what? get straight in? That sounded in? like you were going to retch then. You went, Sorry, I, yeah, I, I put my phone on silent while I coughed. I'm, I'm a pro. I'm oh, that's good. Pro. Very good. Well, unless you want to talk birdie. about the illnesses that you've got for Christmas, but it's not very Christmassy, is it? Well, you know, it is bloody Christmassy because it's a Christmas stomach bug that's been going round. Is it? And there's, yeah, so it's been going round everybody in my workplace and now I get it. That's the thing, you know, it's like a fucking cesspit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on drugs, all right? The legal kind. I can say stuff like that. Yeah, you can. You'd get in trouble yeah. if you'd have prefaced it with where you work. The, the Daily Mail quoting employee. <laughs> the BBC is, ah. Well, um, no, yeah, no. OK, let's go into the moody, a moody Christmas then. Let's do this. Yeah, did you enjoy it? I did. I, I liked it. It was, um, so, I bet, OK. Guy from Australia living in the UK mm-hmm. flies back to the U for, to Australia for Christmas, mm-hmm. and this is a this is the similar theme for every episode. Yeah, he flies back for every Christmas. Is yeah, it? every Christmas is a year later <clears throat> with his family. Um, on this occasion, he's just broken up with his girlfriend, and uh, basically, he's got quite an eccentric bunch of uh, family members from a sort of weirdly. Uh, layabout brother who's straight mm. to steal a lawnmower and uh, <laughs> you know the family the family are a funny bunch you know there's some funny lines in there mm-hmm. and some good characters so from a first episode point, point of view it's good I I didn't laugh a massive amount but mm. doesn't mean I didn't like it how okay, okay? Um, well it just gets better and better I think it's brilliant and I've thought this for a while, that I can't name another TV series that's solely about Christmas. Well, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird as well that it's <coughs> it's Australian. You don't really sort of link it with Christmas because of the climate, and so it's kind of an interesting mix in that respect as well because it's this 
I was watching it and I was like, I really don't think I could handle it. Part of the whole point of Christmas to me in my mind is about being kind of cosy indoors. And I'm always a little bit disappointed if the weather's really nice on Christmas Day. Mm, Going back there and, you know, one of the running things of these six episodes is that his dad's trying to build a swimming pool in the garden. Um, ah yes, okay. Which becomes funnier and funnier, and but that idea of like being in your in your swimming shorts at Christmas is it's weird. I know, yeah, it's really weird. I, it's a weird, so it's a weird decision in some respects, but it, it works because it's uh, it feels like a, you know they do manage to make it feel like a proper family, and yeah. you feel like this is a family. Yeah, that's important to me, and uh, it does work in that respect. Though I did feel like. The, the main guy, the main protagonist, who's been dumped by his girlfriend and has come back from the UK, I felt like they were kind of forcing him into this romantic liaison hmm. with this girl who's going out with his cousin. Hmm. I felt like I, I just I could see it coming a mile off, and it kind of annoyed me that I could see it. I felt like they were hmm. just pushing it a bit, hmm. and, I, and that annoyed me. That was the only thing that annoyed me, though, okay. which isn't bad. Well, carry on with it. It's great. So there you go. That's that's my TV box set suggestion for Christmas. Also, um, Jack was on last week. Our work experience boy Jack, who is young and naive, and uh, and as he'll prove himself in a moment, has opinions which are about as developed as Jamie's newborn child. Um, Jack said he'd watch it, and he also has never seen the Muppets Christmas Carol. In fact, oh. just scoffs in general at the idea of the Muppets. Would you like to hear what Jack thought of those two things? Yes, please. Pay yourself and respond afterwards. This is a two-minute message. It's December, which can only mean one thing. Dust off your baubles, meet me under the mistletoe, it's Christmas. Right, so I'm presuming that this will go in at the end of the podcast, so I'll get all my well-wishing out of the way. Merry Christmas <laughs> to all the listeners. Merry Christmas to Hal and Jamie and everybody else involved on tonight's podcast. Right then, so I'll go straight <laughs> in with a moody Christmas. What a TV show. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. One of the best things I've watched over the last 12 months. I'm very, very picky with my comedies, but uh, it's definitely up there with The Office. I thought it was brilliant. I said that I would watch one episode, and I broke that promise, and I've watched the entire series twice. Oh. It's, honestly, it's fantastic. Um, I am actually. I've just found out today as well that there's two separate seasons that aren't Christmas-related, so they will definitely be getting binge-watched over the festive period when I've got nothing else to do and falling out with the family. Um... Uh, again, like it was brilliant. I was driving back from Leeds today and I was crying my eyes out with laughter at some of the scenes that are in that show. <laughs> it was brilliant. The writing is fantastic. It reminds me of a mixture between Royal Family, The Inbetweeners, and what's the other one called? Friday Night Dinner on Channel 4, Friday Night Dinner, yeah. Uh, yeah Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> definitely what, well, I definitely will end up watching it again. And then, right, so now I'll move on to... <laughs> A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Well, Howell. <laughs> Hasn't Michael Caine gone downhill? It was good. <laughs> it was all right. It wasn't John McClane climbing through an air vent good. Um, or it wasn't Elf. It wasn't any of the other Christmas fantastic films that we see year in, year out. But it was okay. There's probably a reason why it's not been broadcast over the last few years, or the reason why I've not seen it before. Um, but it was all right. I have to admit, there are a few, which you'll probably go crazy about, there are a few of the musical scenes which I actually skipped through because they were a bit, oh my God. Just a bit too boring. Um, and I, But saying that, I spent a good five minutes laughing at the character who's got a nose that's shaped like a knob. 
Uh, <laughs> he that he's he's great. He's how he was he a highlight for me. Gonzo um, the other thing that I found is that I can't stand Elmo. Not Elmo. The green one. The green frog. I can't stand his voice. <laughs> Unbelievably annoying. Um, apart from that, it was okay. I'd probably give it a six and a half out of ten. Uh, kudos for writing a writing a dissertation on the Muppets. I mean, God, that must have been some lonely, lonely nights writing ten thousand word about the Muppets. <laughs> but, um, it was okay. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, so therefore, I, in the spirit of Christmas, I won't make you give me back the two pounds nineteen that I spent renting it on iTunes. <laughs> but um, it probably won't be getting watched again. But saying that. So you're giving me a bad recommendation with the well, a badish recommendation with the Muppets, but with Moody Christmas, I'll, it balances out. So right, that's me done for 2016. Well, I'll speak to you well. on 2017. I'm off to go and watch a Moody Christmas, a lot of The Office, and the Sherlock Christmas special. Goodbye. Well, wow. Where to begin? It, what what makes it so <sighs> funny is the confidence and smugness with which he holds. I know he's so he's so self-satisfied. It's, at the li- end of it. it's, well, it's that's like the truth. It's that's like just the way it is. Yeah, it's like hearing someone from like the 14th century going, "Well, uh, I think we've all approved now that the world is flat, so uh, <laughs> you can shut up." <laughs> uh, but I'll I'll forgive you. Yeah, it's all right. Your theory about being round. And I don't know what he's been smoking over Christmas to say that it's not been on TV. It's on every <laughs> single Christmas Eve. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That's the next it's one. Always Jack, on. It's always on. It's on every year, either Christmas Eve or I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest oh, with you. Channel Four have scheduled it for very early in the morning for quite a few years on Christmas Day because they think it's more for kids. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, but Jack's this year, not going to be bad, is it? I'm glad to see that this year it's on later in the day. Actually, on Christmas. It's an absolute. What's he on about the songs? The songs are brilliant. The songs are great. I mean. It's, and he's comparing it media. It's not John McClane crawling through an air vent. I mean, you want Kermit with a with an AK forty seven in a hostage situation. Don't you, don't you mean don't you mean Elmo Howell? Elmo, I mean, sorry. Doesn't even, I mean, doesn't, doesn't he even know the basic characters from the Muppets? Like, no, this is like these are iconic characters. Like the the you know this is general knowledge that you should know. Well, you should know who. You well, shouldn't uh, be going like the penis shaped nose one. That's gone. How do you not no. know that's Gonzo? No, and the, again to to attack Channel Four here. You're listening to a generational effect on removing Sesame Street from um, TV, from mainstream TV, aren't you? He, well, he he should know who Kermit is because Kermit's the one crossover with Sesame well, Street. The Muppet films have been really big. The last couple of ones they've done have been huge successes. Like it's not like the Muppets have disappeared from the face of the earth. They've had their own TV show as well. So like it it it's ridiculous to think that he doesn't know. Who Kermit the Frog? I don't think he was winding you up there. I don't, I re- no, I think he was being kind. I think because I texted him saying you better have watched the whole of the Muppets. You know, I think he hated it. I, I think he fast forwarded the entire thing. Actually, um, right. I, I'll tell you the text conversation that followed him sending me that message. Um, right. I said. Uh, can't wait to point out Muppets Christmas Carol, Carol is on every year on Christmas Day and is in the top Christmas films of all time in most polls. But glad you enjoyed Moody Christmas. His reply, load of nonsense. I said, no. you have no heart. He says, I had respect for Michael Caine before watching that film. <laughs> gone, all gone. I said, you're so wrong, it's untrue. The Muppets are one of the greatest things to ever happen to comedy ever. Watch the early Muppet shows from the 70s. It was the chosen cameo for famous people. Steve Martin, even Prince. 
He said, I might give him a look. However, I don't know who Steve Martin is. Oh, although, this is and this is the tragic bit. Although I watched the Ricky Gervais one, he's a comedy god. Ooh. Oh, Steve, I'm so sorry. Uh, literally the worst cameo ever, in my view. Ricky just—it was too cynical. But this is the child of a cynical age talking to us. Yeah, um, but you know, the truth is, uh, I, I watched a bit. We watched it the office a bit again, mm. and uh, with with the perspective of somebody who is very much. I'm not a fan of Ricky Gervais these days yeah. on the whole. Yeah. And it's brilliant. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah. Like there are times where you just go, Oh man, that's so that's like classic, mm. brilliant mm. comedy. And it's like kind of annoying. And I, I imagine I'm just trying to imagine it's Stephen Merchant who's pulling the the, the genius out because it, there are great moments in the office. But watching it knowing that Ricky Gervais might be a little bit of a knob, it makes it harder to enjoy, but at the same time it is bloody brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, so anyway, there you go, uh, Jack. You, uh, Jack, you're just so wrong. And if you fast forward in that film and you don't, I think you have to, you have to get to a certain age. I think we've mentioned this before. There's a reason why soldiers are always men in their early twenties, late teens. It's because mm-hmm. you, you have a a lack of empathy and heart, which isn't your fault. But when you realise what what a Christmas Carol is really about, what the themes of it are about, and that they're timeless, and that's why this is yeah. a story that's told so many times. You know, when you realise that yes, the only things that are important in life oh, are I mean the love of each other and stuff. It's uh, then, then it begins to make more sense, I suppose. But... How can he not like her? Here comes Mr. Humbug. I know. Here comes Mr. Boom. I said, they gave a prize for being mean. The winner would be you. Would be you. I mean, it's a brilliant. And you've got uh, there's magic in the air tonight. There's magic in the air. Oh, but he hates Kermit the Frog. Oh, God's sake! What is wrong with him? I'm gonna have to sit da- sit him down and teach him a lesson using numerous oh. clips. And as for the Steve Martin thing, I mean, he's, oh, ne- I he's, mean, a- he's never watched Trains, Planes and Automobiles. How can, I mean, you, how can you be like, alive like, right. and not? I know, and the thing is, like, you go, maybe it is generational, but I'm not from a generation that, that, that was knew Jerry Lewis, but I've seen Jerry Lewis films and I think he's a brilliant comedic performer and Gene Wilder and all, mm. they, they weren't in our generation, but mm. how do you not know? Steve Martin is like, he, you should know who he is, no matter what age, unless you're below the age of sixteen. Yeah. You should know who Steve Martin is. Now he's a grown man. I watched, That's how he acted like it. I've got one criticism of both uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and it's it is the music. When you look back at it now, the '80s music that they use in it yeah. is completely yeah. unnecessary. It's purely of its time, apart from that one bit of music that. They keep using in planes, trains, and automobiles, which is like really annoying music. Goes ding, 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 down, 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 down. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And Jack, to persuade you to watch Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, I have got my favourite clip. I think from any Christmas film ever. Now, Planes, Trains and Automobiles is the perfect film and it couldn't exist now because now we have mobile phones. This is a film about being, 
your your plane is cancelled, you get stuck with a guy that you don't want to be stuck with, and you end up at every step of the way, more and more crap is thrown at you. Train planes are cancelled, you can't get a hotel room, you end up stuck with this guy in a bed, you all this. And it's about John Candy annoying Steve Martin, and it's about John Candy being big hearted and Steve Martin being cold hearted. And it's a beautiful film and it could all be solved with any number of apps nowadays, uh, from hotel rooms to last minute flights to cars and things like that. And it's got to be watched for the beauty of the solitude of the, of Steve Martin's misery, and and it's a perfect yeah. farce. And it gets to the point in a film, in the film, after a number of things have gone wrong, when he hires a car, and he takes he he's dropped off by the car rental bus in the oh, it's a great scene in the car park, and his as the bus drives away, his car isn't there again. Could be solved by a mobile phone. He hasn't got one, so. His car is missing, and he has to walk three miles back across the highway in sludge yes. and snow. He He's already at the end of his tether before he even gets to the airport. But when he gets there after this walk, he's so angry. And the woman who's serving on the car rental desk at the end of a big queue is on the phone talking about Thanksgiving. This is one of... It's not a sweary film. There aren't swear words in the whole film. And then it comes to this scene. Yeah, it is the perfect, r- perfectly written use of bad language, or great language that you have ever heard. <laughs> no, Mom's gonna do the turkey. Yeah, Dad wants ambrosia, so I guess we gotta get those miniature marshmallows. And I'll do the crescent rolls, and you do the cranberries. You know I can't cook. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll see you tomorrow then. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> oh, bye-bye. Welcome to Marathon. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? <laughs> you start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile <laughs> off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. And I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. (laughs) And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway. To get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. <laughs> I want a fucking car right <laughs> fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh boy. Oh boy, what? You're fucked. <laughs> what a, that is a brilliant, brilliant, and it's the way he enunciates the word fucking. Yeah, he like really when he's just like right in the face with it. Yeah, it's if you haven't brilliant. seen the film, you might think he sounds like that, but he doesn't sound like that all the way through. He's, that's his. It's like the anger is now as it's been internalized most of the time, and now it's just entirely like dripping out of his mouth, like yeah. bile. <laughs> And you know what? There's times where you really want to speak like oh, that to people, isn't there? And more so, the isn't one it? thing that the thing about the film that hasn't aged, in fact, has got worse, is that corporate speak. 
You know, yes, that's yes. everywhere now. That everything is scripted and and written in the way that benefits the company and all of that. Yes, uh, the ability for I people know. to hide behind systems and and, you, and and it makes you want to just come out and just say, just be the most abusive you can <laughs> possibly be, just to just almost as like as a to combat the kind of generic bull that they have to come out with when yeah. they're on the phones, and obviously it's not their fault. It's not their the fault, time, but. They just represent the man, the corporation. And sometimes you want to say, fuck you, corporation. And you have to get, stay you. you have to stay quiet through all of this, you know, because you know it's not the person on the phone's fault. I got a call the other yeah. day. Um, I got a call the other day saying, um, hello, I'm calling from, uh, well, I'll tell you what it was. I'm calling from the National Trust. This isn't a, this isn't a sales call. Now, my wife <laughs> and I are members of the National Trust, and I spoke right. to them. I listened to them go around the houses. She wanted me to sign up direct debit so that by re- by my um, thing, auto-renewing, yeah. they can guarantee that they can do up a number of stately homes this year, all this. Okay. And I said, well, I'll think about it. So anyway, at the end of the call, she said, well, I just have to inform you that um, we, I am employed by a uh, by this company, and our job is to... We are paid £5,000 to make these calls in order to try and make £25,000 for the... And I wanted to go, so this is a fucking sales call, oh then. Oh, my God, I know. It's all right. It might not be uh. a sales call. I mean, how are you defining sales call? You are trying yeah. to sign me up to pay money again. It's a, it's a so sales just because it's a repeat, repeat business call, and maybe that's what they'd call it. It's just... Anyway... Stuff like that exists everywhere, and I yeah. think there, there was there was an example when we were when Lauren was giving birth, <clears throat> they were asked Lauren wanted to get an epidural at one point, mm. and so the the anaesthetist came by and was like, right, I just need to take you through uh, the details about the uh, epidural and all the risks and and considerations that need to be taken in before. And Lauren at this point is in agony, mm. and it's already read through every epidural note she can possibly read before even arriving mm. so like the but the lady has to tell her this she has to sort yeah. of you know go and then Laura yeah. just getting more and more annoyed and just like just get the epidural I want it now what are you doing yeah. yes I understand that but we understand that if you take this there's a risk that this could happen and there's mm. uh, it, you know there are moments where you just think you know, cut through the bureaucracy. Yeah. If yeah. someone's fine, or if someone, you know, just, just we'll have screw a shorthand. It. Say, do yes. you accept all risks? Yes. yes. You know, yes. do something. <laughs> God. Anyway, yeah. so watch Moody Christmas. Watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, I'm surprised Jack loved Moody Christmas as much as he did. Well, he uh, loves the I office thought... and stuff, and it is very office-like. Yeah. You know, the right, acting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And we also got a message from Mel. Mel here, bringing you season's greetings from Kansas, or as we'll probably be known next year, Middle Trumplandia. This year has been a pile of shit in many ways, but we've enjoyed some peak television, which occasionally is discussed on the box set pod. Wishing us all a better 2017. May your days be merry, your girls be Gilmores, your things be stranger, and your secret agents look like Ivan Strahovski. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, oh, that's a very good me- that's, that's a how message. you do it Jack that's how you do it you said it, that sounded <laughs> almost like it was scripted it was really well, well worded I think Jack's was to some degree as well I mean Mel's a proper journalist and Jack well done with your message it was excellent we're very grateful for it it's not your fault that the opinions you're displaying are those of an infant but thank yeah. you to both of them for doing that it's lovely 
Yeah. Uh, and thank you to you for listening to the Box Set Pod in 2016. Um, 2017 is going to be fun. We're going to have a couple of weeks off. I'm going to Prague, which I've never been to. Should be fun. Oh. Um, and, uh, oh, I'll tell you something I've watched recently. I've watched the entirety of it, so we need to do this in 2017. Goliath. Oh, I've watched Goliath as well, yeah. We'll Billy Bob. About that. Yeah, Goliath Westworld has definitely got to be done. Oh, we have to, yeah. We have yeah. to go through Everyone's that. about that. I haven't started uh, that. We should really discuss the latest series of The Walking Dead at some point as well. There's yeah. definitely a lot to be said about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, plenty of interesting stuff to come up, of course. There's some uh, shows returning as well, like Game of Thrones will be back in April. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stranger Things is going to be back next year. Wow. So there's a lot of things. And, of course, Sherlock returns in the new year mm. for three new episodes. The trailer is up on the website. If you have a look at that, theboxsetpod.com slash news. So, yeah, plenty to chew over. And if you want to email us, I said it last week, but no one emailed. If you want to email, you'll be the only one, and we will read it. Studio at theboxsetpod.com. Thank you for listening. We can see that you're out there, and it's uh, it's nice to have your company. And um, uh, happy Christmas, happy holidays, happy New Year, and we'll see you uh, probably end of the second week of January. I think we'll be back. Thank you. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack, Jack Frost nipping at your door. At your door, isn't it? Tall toes, owl. You know my favourite Christmas said, song. Let me finish. Many times. Said, many times, many ways. Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. favourite Christmas song now. I've got well, no, but I've got another I've got another favourite Christmas song. It's the Mike Oldfield one. You know uh induce Silo Jubilo.